Okay. Hey, everybody. And tonight we are reviewing The Irishman. Yeah. The Irishman, the new epic Martin Scorsese film. I say epic because it is three and a half hours long. It is, it is quite a hefty film. Um, yeah. I think this is our first Scorsese film. I don't think we've done a Scorsese film yet. Um, and he has many a film spanning many a decade, kind of like this movie does. Uh, well, okay, <laughs> you, I'm assuming you've seen several Scorsese films. Do you do you care for Scorsese? You know, I mean, he was he was kind of the OG when it comes to to gangster films. So, you know, the whole Goodfellas and Raging Bull before that. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Scorsese stuff. Mm. Do you do you like his stuff? I mean, yeah, we we can talk about that. I think as a filmmaker, he he, you know, he did some really cool things that you know people imitate a lot now, which is, I guess, that's a a, a thing. That's something. Mm-hmm. But we'll have to see where this fits in with all of the other pieces that he's kind of had out there. I thought I'd seen a lot of them, and I have seen a lot. And then I looked at his filmography, I'm like, holy shit! I probably may haven't. I may may have seen half. There's so many that I didn't even realize were him. I mean, I've seen you know the big stuff: Goodfellas, Departed, Taxi Driver. Uh, actually, I haven't seen Raging Bull. That's probably his biggest one I haven't seen. Um, but I think my favorite's probably Gangs in New York, just because Daniel. Yeah, Dennis that is was the man went, in that. I think at one time that was like your go-to movie. Oh, really? Gangs in New York is so yeah. good. I also like uh, Bringing Out the Dead, the one where Nick Cage is a uh, is a uh, EMT ambulance oh. driver in the middle of the night. Yeah, no. That one, that doesn't seem like one you would like, but... Uh. Yeah, no. So, The Irishman. I will read the details on The Irishman. Uh, the Irishman is an epic saga of organized crime in post-war America told through the eyes of World War II veteran Frank Sheeran, played by Robert De Niro, a hustler and hitman who worked alongside some of the most notorious figures of the 20th century. Uh, so this movie has stars real people. A lot of them are real people. Uh, I, I guess Frank Sheeran was also a real person. Um <laughs> I all didn't the, know all that. The people in it are stars that are real people, like Robert De Niro, and those are also real people. Uh, I mean, the people they're playing are the characters are all real. real? Yeah. Yes, the characters are mostly based on real people. If right. and use the same names, therefore they are the people. Um, yeah. Yeah, I did not know that. I knew Jimmy Hoffa. I'd heard yeah. of him. Still didn't really know anything about his his deal. Um, this was all before my time, so I learned I learned some stuff. I think Jimmy Hoffa is probably the biggest. I mean, they did a lot of references actually to other gangsters that were like more like I knew more of like the Giancanas and people like that. But most of the people in this movie, I hadn't really heard of either. So the Buff Buffalinos is a big one. The two of them, they're they're in it a lot. And those are real people based on real people, I guess. Um, But yeah. So, Irishman, it was limited run in theaters. It's currently streaming on Netflix, so if you haven't seen The Irishman, you can go check it out. Block off a block off a day to watch it, because you, you might need it. Um, yeah, don't, don't break it down into parts, because apparently that's ticking people off. So, you know, don't, don't watch do it. Like break a, it down into parts. Well, apparently there's a bunch of, of things out there saying, how to watch this like a miniseries, and Scorsese's getting a little like uptight about This is not a oh, miniseries. Yeah. He this is yeah, an I, epic I, film. I was thinking that the whole time watching this, I'm like, this would be way better as like a six-part miniseries. Yeah, there's because, enough footage for sure. Yeah, that's and, like, how we it, live nowadays, but that's not how he lives, and so he's... Well, I treated it like that anyway. I, I watched it in, I think, two chunks, so like two too. hours and then an hour and a half. It just... 
who has three and a half hours in a row, Marty? Like it's just and and wants to watch <laughs> these old old people. You know, I'm not to say it's. We'll get into that if you haven't. We're nailing seen it, it on uh, the head right now. Actually, we're probably almost done with this. You know, podcast because I think that's pretty much covers. The review's it. almost over. Yeah, if you so. haven't seen The Irishman, it's on Netflix. So if you have that, go check it out because we are about to spoil it. Uh, we read things here at Films with the Women in My Life based on four criteria, and those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the movie. Uh, the plot is just kind of following Frank Sheeran. It's got flashbacks and flash forwards. It starts with him way back right in the 1950s in Philly. And it works all the way up through, I don't know if it's, it's not quite modern day. It's like, what, late 90s, early 2000s by the end of the movie, I guess. He's like in his 80s, don't you think? Well, yeah, he's in his 80s by the end. But yeah. like, what what time are we looking at? Like the 90s at some point? Because it's not oh. modern day. We don't make it to 2019. We make it like, uh, like. No, I think like, I think probably sometime in the 90s is what it looks like. I wasn't sure the exact time period, but I knew it wasn't. Because otherwise, this dude, I mean, Mark Nero is old, but he's not fucking 120. So, um, <laughs> Nope. No, I'm so not the whole then. He's a uh, meat-packing delivery truck driver uh, in Philadelphia, and he gets involved with the, the uh, what are they called, the Buffalino crime family. Right. Uh, so one of those guys, the one who kind of brings him in, is Joe Pesci's character, Russell Buffalino. Yeah. <clears throat> he also has a brother, Bill Buffalino, uh, Ray Romano's character. Um, and oh, that was Amir- his brother? I didn't even catch that. I was trying to figure out how he was. I thought I he was a cousin his... or something. but Maybe he was a cousin. I, I said, cousin, you're all, you are right. It is cousin. Right, because he's getting married, and that's how we see him through like through the movie. They kind of this running thread. And that's, I, I forget, I was forgetting during the movie, like, why they were still in the car. And then when they got, there was the wedding, I was like, oh, yeah, they were all going to the wedding. Yeah, that's part of the framing device. Is that when they're old, is they're going to they're going in a car somewhere, and we yeah, they're going to a wedding, as, as you said. Right. And then the, throughout the car ride with um with it's Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, and then the two other the two women in the back, um right. they they are cutting back to his life. We're seeing right. all of Frank Sheeran's life from low level truck driver guy and his rise up the rank of the of the crime family uh all the involvement with uh unions and the the dump trucks and the moving trucks and all the all the truck people basically and then <laughs> they're they're and the president and the president right the well at the, so the president at this time is jfk and once once yeah. we're into the into the meat of the movie yes. um also involved in the meat of the movie and probably the most i guess famous person in that they portrayed in this movie, uh, other than the president, uh, Al Pacino yeah. plays Jimmy Hoffa. And, um, there's a good line in here that perfectly encompasses like my knowledge. And I think the average millennial or Gen Z's knowledge in this movie is at one point, Roger Nero is in, it's in the old, old timey times, like, you know, the nineties <laughs> or whatever, where he's old. And he's like the kids today, they don't even know who Jimmy Hoffa was, but back in right. the day he was, he was as big as the Beatles. And I'm like, Oh my Lord, this is the most boomer speech I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> it was the ultimate. Okay. Boomer. I was like, Oh my God. There, yeah. Jimmy Hoffa, the kids don't know, but he was as big as the Beatles. I'm like, what the fucking sentence is that? <laughs> so, <laughs> Those um, are not the same things at all, by the way. So 
But, right. Okay. So he he but earns okay. he earns the the trust of Jimmy through Russell, who's who helps him out. Uh, they they run into a million other act known actors playing, I guess, real people in this. The Harvey Keitel's yeah. in here for a few minutes. Bobby Cannavale, Anna Paquin's uh, uh, Peggy, and sure, uh, you know, really it's Frank. Um, you got. Stephen Graham, you got Jesse Plemons is in this. Um, yeah, Paul Landry. Herman. That was awesome. Yeah, Landry, as you call him. A <laughs> um, lot of people just kind of popping in here and out, and sometimes they're in the old timey days when we're, you know, we're we see younger Robert De Niro, and then like, but they're like the same age, but sometimes they're younger too. It's it's very interesting choices. But the plot of the movie yeah. is he rises and he has to do some things, and so he has to do something <laughs> he he didn't he didn't want to do by the end, and then he's old. Right. Um, so, Mark, okay, would you look at the plot of this three-and-a-half-hour movie? I think if I was at all interested in this guy's life, I would think the plot would be interesting. Um, but he, there couldn't be a more, you know, the thing about the movie, and I know it's based on a book called, um, what, I Paint Houses or something like that. Which, right, that's like a big, I heard you paint houses. That's Yeah, like I heard you paint a, houses. A thing in here, right. Right, which is basically a, you paint them with the blood of your victims. So, okay, that's yes. a thing. <laughs> Um, but I, I was just like, this couldn't have been a more, maybe the guy himself was this boring, but <laughs> I don't think they could have picked a more boring person to base a movie and a three and a half hour movie on. It's like, why didn't he just do a movie on Jimmy Hoffa and his involvement with, you know, have him be the central character or even the Joe Pesci character, which I found much more compelling than, having this Sheeran or Sheehan person as, as the main character. Um, there was so many times that I, I feel like an hour of the movie was Robert De Niro's blank face. And it was really hard. Um, you think of the, that. the deep portrayal of emotion he was given off. Okay. I mean, <laughs> okay. I, I just, it was, it was really that it was really hard for me to get into that as a plot i thought this i thought it was a miss a mistake to to do this the whole movie based on on this guy it really it really the only times i cared about him is when he was doing stuff with the other characters that i liked the structure of the plot as far as how it's told the storytelling piece of it i don't mind that sometimes but this was done ad nauseum there was because the movie's so long we go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and um while I don't mind the thread of how it's told is there old dudes going on this car ride and we're revisiting places and things like that. Um, it just got really redundant and perfunctory where, you know, let's have a smoke break and let's watch the women smoking and, Oh, so long. <laughs> so, so much time watching the same thing over and over again. And also, you know, there were scenes where I was like, this is a two minute scene that has been made into a 12 minute scene. And if they talk about whether this guy is 10 minutes late or 15 minutes late <laughs> or 12 and a half minutes late for any longer. I know that was supposed to be, I don't know, charming or that scene. particularly it's the dialogue, was... snappy dialogue. There's dialogue, but there's dialogue that means something. This was a, you know, pissing contest that went on way too long. And, you know, also these guys are way too old to be involved in a pissing contest because, you know, they're probably both like have prostate trouble. So, um, I, yeah, the plot of this movie is a two for me. Mm, Dog. A little, a little harsh, but, uh, Sorry. Um, well, the, yeah. the runtime is the problem with this movie, uh, completely for me. Um, cause it's like, 
it's like four movies, not just like lengthwise, but like the, what it encompasses. <laughs> it's like like the first the first Frank Frank and Russell at the beginning. That's like a movie, and then we get to Jimmy Hoffa, and then that's like a second movie, right. and then mm-hmm. all the while this other movie's happening where they're old. And like none of it's really the same thing. So like it's so maybe three movies, not four, but maybe maybe three. maybe three, maybe three. You got, yeah, yeah. You got young. I'm putting quotations. Young Robert De Niro, and right. then you've got and then you've got Jimmy Hoffa part, and then you got the old part. Um, so like I like it's really hard because I like what's happening and like scene to scene. I, I first five minutes in, I'm like. Scorsese it's kind of warm it's kind of like a warm and fuzzy for me because I like a lot of his movies it's it feels like that it feels like a lot of his movies it feels exactly like that it feels exactly like that which is which is it's good and bad it's it's um it's like he he took you know a classic like Goodfellas he's like all right what if we did that again but added an hour and a half. <laughs> and they're like, I then, don't know, Marty, if you want to do that, let's make it 160 million and put it on right. Netflix. I'm like, oh my and, Lord. And let's make it about a character that no one's ever heard of before, but we'll throw in some, some names that you might know. Maybe we'll stick Sam Giancana in the back of a car for two minutes. And okay, this sounds, <laughs> this all sounds really plausible. Let's do this. Who, who signed off on this? I like parts of the plot and I like, the scene the scene stuff maybe that's going to be more character and visual and sound grades but like yeah the plot i mean i like the i guess i like the alpha stuff in the middle the most if i had to pick a section of the plot um so you know like a three i'm gonna go look a three down down the middle it's i I would consider it not a strength of the movie um but it's it's pretty competently done i think it's more of the length that makes it hard to uh, stay engaged than the actual content. I'm starting to think I would have enjoyed a movie more if it actually was just an hour and a half of them riding in the car from one place to another and all of the cigarette stops and just that. There's a version telling, of that movie that's good. And telling the, st- yeah, and telling the story while they go on as opposed to everything that happened in this movie. <laughs> You ever seen, uh, what is it, uh, Locke? Locke is literally Tom Hardy in a car for an hour and 45 minutes, and he just has phone conversations, and it's fucking Yeah, awesome. or like it's Phone beautiful. Booth. I'm not saying it's, I'm, Phone Booth was not a good movie, but it's like you have one guy in a phone booth, and it's like, okay, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do that, do that, do that. No, this goes Don't... all over, well, not really all over the place, all over the boroughs. <laughs> it doesn't really go beyond that, but all over the boroughs in different time periods, and then Philadelphia. Until they drive up to Michigan, which is their... That's right, they're Michigan. Which is where they're heading. Yeah, they really to Detroit. Do go, they, they, yeah, they they're driving all the way to Detroit. Yeah. And they, it's so in Philadelphia love... a lot. Uh, all right, so. It is. Not, not, not a strength of the movie, but to the plot. I don't think um, so But either. the characters. Let's talk about the characters. Yeah. You don't like Frank. What do you think of a character as a whole? Him and, and our other characters included. Yeah, I can't weigh too heavily on Frank because I really don't care for his character. I'm going to weigh really heavily on uh, Pesci and Pacino. I. Al Pacino is Al Pacino in this movie, just like De Niro's De Niro, but I can't watch De Niro. It's just too blank for me. I can watch Al Pacino. Are you saying all the time De Niro's blank or in this particularly? I think a lot of things, even when he's supposed to be dynamic, I'm going to take Raging Bull out of it because that's a different character. I think he was playing somebody who was a lot more dynamic than that. I'm going to take that out of it. You see King of Comedy? King of Comedy is one of his best performances. Yeah, I I can't get myself to watch that movie. It just seems so good. It's so good. too incongruous to me 
No, it's it's one of his best. If if if, I, if Gangster in New York wasn't there, I'd probably pick that. So good. No, it's, not, not, it's, the, it's, it's, it's not a New classic. It's not but... a De Niro movie. It's a Scorsese movie. Oh, sorry, that's a good Scorsese. Uh, yeah. yeah, then it could be my favorite De Niro movie. Then <laughs> I mean, there's movies in, that he's in it that I like more, but like where it's starring him. Oh, it's so good. Maybe. I mean, maybe that's what I need to go to. I mean, Taxi Driver is also really good, too, obviously. Right. But that's really early De Niro, which is very different from anything beyond like 1985 De Niro. So sure, that's just that's my, fair. you know, I think anything beyond Casino, I don't, I, without saying King of Comedy, it's just like, it's like watching a board that <laughs> is not particularly interesting, like mm. a billboard that never changes. I know they have these billboards back in the old days that didn't change, not like the ones now. Um, the kids these days have never even heard of the billboards that didn't change. <laughs> I know. They ain't heard of Jimmy Hoffa. They ain't heard of billboards that don't change. Um, get off my lawn. So, um, I don't know. What was I even talking about? Oh, what characters do I like? Yeah, so, what do you like? <laughs> um, yeah, so I really like, I mean, I think Joe Pesci, oh my gosh. I didn't realize how much I miss Joe Pesci until this movie. What's the last I thing he know. was in? That was a long while ago. I don't know. All I can think of is, you know, for him, for me right now, it's Home Alone because that's on all the time. That's not it, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he was in the terrible Lethal Weapons movies. You know, it's like those are all the thirty years weapon, ago. The all terrible that. ones. I know. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Is like I can't think of a recent Joe Pesci. And I, when I found out that you know they had coaxed him back in, into acting to do this, I was worried because I thought, oh, is it going to be like Joe Pesci light or? or What's this going to be like? They wheel him out. Um, <laughs> the ghost of Joe Pesci. <laughs> ghost of Joe Pesci. But it wasn't. He was so good. And I don't know whether the person he's portraying was like him. There was just so much. Because that character is also not particularly dynamic like Pacino's Hoffa is. No. Um, but he's so... I felt him. I mean, I, I, I could... Anything that he was doing and everything that he was saying... I mean, I almost had like some sympathy for a mob guy i don't know and that's not my that's not my play at all um so i was just like i was really riveted watching him and i think he's what kept me in this movie because even though it was three and a half hours long and i did break it up a little bit i still was okay watching this movie which is i not what i was thinking was going to happen um particularly because i knew de niro was going to be flat in it um (laughs) So I particularly enjoy those two characters. Um, yeah, some of the other stuff is fine. Not everybody got a lot of work. I mean, Harvey Keitel didn't really get anything to do. Uh, no, he has like he was... two or three scenes, maybe. Yeah, briefly in the beginning, and then I like the one scene he is though, where it's him, where it's him, De Niro, and Pesci. And then they're talking about how lucky he is, or he's talking about how lucky De Niro is to have a friend like yes. that. I like that scene. That's yeah, a good one. I, that's, I can remember that's a good it. scene. But again, that's that's Pesci, too. I think that that's what makes that scene. Those two and De Niro's just sitting there staring at them. And then sometimes I feel like he's looking at the camera. I don't was I wrong with this? Sometimes I really felt like he was looking at the camera and I'm like, is he breaking the fourth really? wall? Uh, I can't <laughs> think of a specific film? time. Like, it's not something uh, I, I can think of about seven of them. Anytime he was anytime they were shooting over the shoulder of whoever was talking with him, particularly if it was just him and another person. He would be looking at the person, and then all of a sudden I'm like, God, Robert De Niro is looking right at me. It's unmoving. <laughs> it's because it's over the shoulder. It's where the camera is. With it's his where he's, blank. It's, it's where it's where the guy's standing. I know. I'm like, are, is he coming after me next? Is that what is that what's happening? So the str- and the other characters felt really ancillary to me. I didn't really know what Anna Paquin's character was doing. And it wasn't just no. Anna Paquin, but when she was younger, yeah. I had no idea what the purpose of that. 
That's a nice whole... 25 minutes we could have cut out there. <laughs> yeah, what was the purpose of that storyline? I thought at some point there was going to be some sort of charge of like some sort of sexual molestation or something because that's the only thing that was making sense to me. I didn't get it at all. I mean, they were trying to make her, I guess, the moral compass of the film, but... Make him seem more like a family that? man, maybe? I don't know. I guess, but how do you do that with like a 10-year-old, you know? And, and as soon as she sees what he's really like and what he really does... She's, you know, she basically writes him off as as a preteen, you know, which, okay, that's that's fine, I guess. It was just really weird. I didn't know where, I didn't know the purpose of that. So based on the fact that I would give De Niro a one and a half and like the Anna Paquin character right alongside, I think I'm going to probably give the characters a three and a half with Joe Pesci at a solid five. Coming in at a five, I've got, you know, Al Pacino's probably a four. So I forgot what I said. Three and a half? Yeah, fair. Um, yeah. I, I have no problem with Robert De Niro in this. I don't think he... This is nowhere near his best work, but I don't think he's bad or distractingly bad. As, oh, or, my God. Or so flat. Boring. Looking at the camera. Oh. No, I think he's fine. Awesome. I think I think he's good. Uh, Joe Pesci's probably the best. I, I guess for our three main people who get the most time. Um, yeah, Joe Pesci's surprisingly, like, understated. Um, he's not super right. crazy or loud and, like... But, you know, I, I, his presence is always a good thing in the scenes. Um... All the de-aging stuff, I guess it's visual, so I'll talk about that in a second. The de-aging stuff makes him yeah. and De Niro particularly look very different in their, in their, yeah. in their younger, again, in quotations, days. Um, right. Al Pacino is not as not as Al Pacino-y as he can be. He can be right. real real shouty. Uh, think of that one movie where he's like a cop and and he trains a guy and then it turns out he's the bad guy. <laughs> I can't remember what, yes. it's, what it is. It might be Ryan Reynolds' with movie. Colin, uh, oh, no, Colin Farrell, Colin... yeah. You know which yeah. one I'm talking about. That's yeah, oh, like yeah. the ultimate, like over the hill, shouty Pacino movie. <laughs> but he's—I don't think he's distra- I think he's fine as Jimmy. I don't know anything about how Jimmy Hoffa was, but I mean, I get. I'm assuming he was boisterous and had a personality, so that's that's yeah, why they I picked feel like it was accurate. Pacino. So um, yeah, so they're solid. Um, I like Ray Romano when he's there. I wish I, w- I wanted more Ray Romano. I never thought I'd say those words, but I wanted more Ray Romano. <laughs> I, I liked his I liked his swarmy lawyer character. Um, and then everyone else, it's like a, a glad to see him. Like, oh, I'm glad to see Jesse Plemons. Oh, he doesn't do a whole lot, but I'm glad to see him. Glad to see Harvey Keitel. Yeah. I like that one scene. Um, so I guess the characters are like a four. I think it's a four. I think it's a four. Um, I don't think anyone's bad, and I think Joe Pesci's above average and everyone else is you know hitting hitting their weight so and i and i want more ray romano i guess i like the buffalinos um so the, you do you like family buffalino i do I, I like those guys um that's good we don't really talk about what really happens in the plot once once the the hoffa stuff starts going he's he has a you know he's against the kennedys when jfk gets elected um the get hoffa squad is created uh, he gets arrested in 64 for jury tampering, uh, and then he spends time in uh, jail, and then when he finally gets out, um, he's not, like, as in power as he once was. There's that other right. guy. Who was the other guy who was, like, challenging him? Uh, the guy, the, the young guy he doesn't like who had who was late yeah. to the meeting for 15 minutes, and that made him very, very upset. Yeah, I can't think of his name, though. Fitzsimmons, or I don't know. Yeah, we, didn't I don't, even, we didn't even remember. It wasn't that. We didn't even remember. Yeah mentioned him they called him uh the little guy uh, uh frank and, and oh, jimmy that to guy. each other yeah, yeah, yeah. that's who i'm talking about yeah, yeah. 
But okay, I thought you were talking about the the guy who was now the president of the Teamsters, who also didn't really do anything in this movie. But that's okay. Yeah, we only pointed out like four of the characters, and then the big name actors. Like, like I didn't even mention Bobby Cannavale. He's in it for what? Like, is he in it for one scene? Is like, I, did I miss him? He, yeah, he's in it. I know. I saw him for one scene, but is that it? Like, yeah. in, in, like the first half hour, maybe, and then maybe a little bit later. I feel like I saw him a couple times. But mm-hmm. he's he's also un, un, not used well. So. No, no, they don't use anyone other than their three very much at all. Um, but mm-hmm. the the visual and sound. This is actually what I would consider a strength of the movie. But I'm curious what you think of the visual and sound. Um. Well, I was really you know the movie starts off with one of you know I guess I don't know whether Scorsese was the person who like sort of invented this shot, but it's a very Scorsese shot where it's a long running shot where he's you know it's it's. Uh, I don't know what how, what do you call it? Where which what are you no talk, which one are you talking about? Oh, it's a, a, the very first shot of the movie where they're in the nursing home. So one shot, but you don't know it. Like the like the scene in Goodfellas. Yeah, where it's just one long shot. There's no breaks. It's yeah. one camera. You know, um, and you find it. You know, you're in a Scorsese movie, so you're not sure what's gonna where you're gonna be, and it's a nursing home, and you're all like, "Wow, this is okay, weird <laughs> flex to start this movie, but okay, let's start there." It's where all these so people like, belong. <laughs> well, well, I'm trying to think of how does a criminal end up in a nursing home is where I was like, kind of starting with. Like, mm-hmm. I know these people are all criminals, so lay in the mystery, man. <laughs> right, but you know that's how it starts. You know him kind of recounting and, um, but. Yeah, visual and sound. the The outfits were spot on. Um, <laughs> they were I really, good. really, really, really like Joe Pesci's glasses. Those made him super charming. Yep. Um, until he was old, I like the the younger Joe Pesci. You know, I don't know how to phrase this, but not the super old Joe Pesci that we see toward the end, where they're in prison together. Modern day Joe Pesci. <laughs> yeah, but kind of uninspired and i think i said it before were redundant i felt like oh my god really this is just the same movie again (laughs) like i i can't i everything was very pretty and like i said the the outfits were nice the cars were spectacular you said you were engaged i mean Um, and you only like like one and a half of our characters so it's got to be the way it's made that kept you at least interested for as long as he did well i think what it was is the actually the thread of them driving you know in the car i think that's what Mm. did it for me although it made me mad because first of all i don't know i mean i don't know if martin i don't know his deal with women but there are never any women in his film that have any strength or power whatsoever so i'm gonna think about that that for a second see if i could come up with someone but off the top of your head i i'm i you i'm struggling yeah, I mean, they tried to give um, Jimmy Hoffa's wife a little bit of power by there was one scene where they were sitting in the living room and Jimmy was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. How am I ever going to get to the top of the Teamsters again? And then his wife was just like, you know, because you're a ball buster or whatever. You know, you go take that and cocksucker, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, there's the strong woman. On well, Gangs of New York, in Gangs of New York, you got Cameron Diaz's character. She's like a pocket thief. Um but she's also the worst part of that movie, so that's not really a great example. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street, Margot Robbie's character, I mean, she's yeah. she's kind of... Yeah, I guess he's but not the he best women in, writer. For yeah. He's not. He lives in a man's world, and all of this stuff is man stuff. You know, it's just it's just man stuff. Yeah, yeah that's um, fair. So, some of the things that I did like about it is, is when uh, there was a scene where, for some reason, some odd reasons, in order to... Uh, to punish a rival gang 
they were pushing taxi cabs into the Hudson. And I was like, okay, that's really interesting looking. And then mm-hmm. they, then somebody was smart and was like, why are we pushing them in? I got a better idea. And, and then they just, they just blew them up. all up. <laughs> yeah. So I liked that. I liked there was the scene where they did do the back and forth blowing up of cars, which I thought was really, I liked, I liked that, but I don't find that to be particularly interesting or clever beyond, oh, I liked that. Sure. Yeah. And visually, the de-aging process in this movie and the aging process in this movie. There isn't a De Niro that is actually a De Niro like of today. So <laughs> no, every they did time all kinds screen, of different ones, yeah. Yeah. Every time he's on screen, he has to be like 40 years younger or 20 years older. So 40 years and, younger. Than, so, yeah, 1950s De Niro. I don't know how old he's supposed to be. He looks still very old <laughs> i don't know how, I, he does he looks very old and even when they de-aged him because they did do a couple flashbacks to when he was in world war ii which if he was right in, you know, if he was in europe at the time he was probably in his early 20s and right that's what i was thinking I'm like he's 40. probably i say he's probably not going into the war world war ii you know in the, in the early 40s at like you know in his 40s like i, I would assume no. i would assume he was like a kid like most people were you know in the 18 to 25 right. range yeah yeah, because he didn't have a family or anything back then. So it was, you know, you had to figure he was young. So by the time um, we're in the 1950s, he should be, you know, at his oldest is mid to late 30s. And I was like, oh, but maybe maybe the war really no. has taken a toll on you because you look like you're getting close to 50 already. Yeah, and I felt like he was almost the same age most of the movie, even though he was supposed to have aged. You know, this was like a half century they, they, <laughs> covering here. Yeah, he goes from being, yeah you know, like 48 to, and the, well, and the, by the end, he looks like insanely old, <laughs> like I think, like yeah, like almost comically old. old. End, like he looks, I, you know, what I thought of as Indiana Jones whenever there's like a skeleton, like with, <laughs> with all like the web cobweb stuff all over it and like the hair. Like I kind of reminded me of that kind of thing. I sincerely thought Yoda, honestly, without the ears, <laughs> Yoda, he, you know, Yoda has that maybe Pesci. Pesci they made Pesci look like. Uh, the spine and the chair and, and SpongeBob. <laughs> yes, he was chocolate. He was chocolate, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think they did a better job with Pacino for some reason. I don't know how. Maybe it was just I don't I don't know why, but um, yeah, he looks I fine. He, I didn't even realize he was wearing that much stuff because or or CGI. Yeah. I don't really know exactly what combination it was that that they yeah that they landed on, but but I. I just think, I mean, for me, it was distracting. And even from, like, if there was a long scene, which there were a lot of long scenes that didn't need to be long scenes, um, you can tell they were they were done or they were edited over several different time periods because I could see, like, flashes on his face of, like, different things going on. <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, somebody in the editing process is not, you know paying attention here i don't know whether this movie was like wrapped up quickly or it, i understand it was in development hell but maybe they the studio didn't want to pay him 160 mil to make a movie about a bunch of old boomers <laughs> because everyone has already seen this film everyone has seen this movie by martin scorsese at least twice so why do we need to see it a third time is it a swan song i can only hope so for, for the gangster movie from Martin Scorsese. I don't need another one of these. I didn't really need this one. I did see Joe Pesci. I thought it was great. Um, but otherwise, I'm like, oh, come on. And pretty cars, pretty clothes. Yeah. So what is that? Uh, sound. Yeah. You know, I'm usually a stickler for sound. 
good a good kind of stick around though like you pointed out and like it typically yes i do i and i think it can make or break a film in this one it didn't really do a whole lot for me at all there was a lot of old-timey music which i've seen in a lot of his old-timey films the one time i thought it was clever where they were strangling a guy in the car as the car is driving along and there's a guy in the back strangling the guy in the passenger seat and right before they strangled him, the guy in the passenger seat turned it to a different song. Like, I don't want to listen to your music. And then let me strangle you. And then the other guy turns it back to his song. And I'm like, okay, I like that. I don't know if that's liking the sound of the movie or not. But mm. I liked that part. Sound effects, you know, the mix. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. What was your number? Uh, I have to give it, you do have to give I it have a to give number. It a number. God, I have to give it a number. I kind of want to, you know, if it were just based on the cars, I'd give it a five. <laughs> You can do that um, if you want to, I but suppose. It, but it's not, so I'm going to have to give it a two, because the rest of <laughs> Wow. The, the de-aging de process is so bad, and we've seen that. You know, I mean, I'm a fan of the Marvel films. I've seen Skinny Steve. I've seen Old Steve. I've seen Regular Steve, you know. Hey, so I'll, I'll talk about, about the de-aging. Um, I thought, yeah, for De Niro particularly, is bad. And when they did Joe Pesci, they made him look not like Joe Pesci when he was younger. Like, I remember what he used to look like, and it's never that. Like, he looks like right. he looks like some sort of, like, grown-up Tommy Pickles amalgamation. Like, he doesn't look like a real <laughs> yes. human. Um, yes. De Niro at least looks like That's a person. That's where I get Yoda from, too. He looks like a person, yeah. but it's kind of giving me, like, like, Beowulf kind of vibes. Like, the way he looks. I think it has to do with... Why did they make his eyes that color? I mean, I know maybe I'm assuming it's because one, he's Irish, and that's like the whole thing. He's the Irishman, and then right. probably the real Frank Sheeran had blue eyes. But like, who who right. knows that other than like the four old dudes who are like, oh, the Irishman's the best. Like, and also De Niro, is, he looks Italian. He looks Italian. I mean, yes. you can't pull that out. That's of why they give him. Changing. Maybe that's part of the reason they give him the blue eyes. Maybe that makes him look less. I think Italian, so, but, it, but he didn't look Irish at all. Too. So, well, yeah. So the, the de aging is weird and not not very good for the most part. Um, then, as far as visuals and I, sound, I, I rarely have anything for sound unless something really sticks in my head. That's not really the my um, thing. I tend to pay most attention to. Um, but you know, I gotta give it credit because I like scenes kept me involved. The way everything's framed is really good. Um, the scene you don't like that's really long, where we've been waiting fifteen minutes. I only wait ten minutes. This is insulting. I like that scene a lot. You liked that? It looks it looks uh. really good, and I there's a lot of good dialogue in here too. With um uh the, the scene where they're talking about the the fish, the fish scene's good in the car. Yeah. Towards the end, um, I said the heartbeat. No, you don't find any of that hyper indulgent. No, I like talky stuff. I like I like to, I like Kevin I Smith mind... and Quentin Tarantino and anyone who likes to talk a lot. I like... don't I don't mind talky stuff, but I think there's a point where you jump the shark in talky stuff, and he I think the fish scene also was that. The stuff I, I would cut gonna... in here though wouldn't be any of the talky talk. It would be just cut a plot out, like just cut a big like I would start later, cut the daughter. Yeah, cut the daughter and for sure. There's probably some Pacino stuff in here we don't need. Even though I think, even though he's not my favorite character, I think his part of the movie is the most interesting. I think you could shave and keep the essence 45 minutes and like still keep it pretty much the same kind of thing. Um, you mean cut the whole movie down to 45 minutes? <laughs> We're talking about cut 45 minutes of excess. Not, oh, not, uh, okay. No, it's a. Uh, no, because I, I think there's good stuff in here. I like uh, a lot of the kill scenes. I'll, like I like the casualness of it, and it tends to be kind of far away. They show it, and I like it. Um, yeah. I like the way this movie looks, and it's one of my favorite parts of this movie. Uh, Sound wise, doesn't really help it, though. And the de aging is a big. Um, 
a big down down point. So eh, like a three five, I think I'm gonna land on because I, I if it the de-aging and the and the sound is weak, but the I think the visuals as a whole are really strong. I like the way it's shot. I think it's it's so overly competent that I kept me engaged in this movie. Um, we didn't really talk about what happens at the end. I guess I don't know if it's a reveal or a twist. I don't really know because I don't know the real story. But the whole thing is no one knows the real story. I guess yeah, this must be um, interpretation or uh, what's it called? Yeah, um, biggest mystery. Yeah, that's the whole thing because he disappeared one day and then he then like six years later they decided he was dead, something like that. Um, yeah. So so uh, who's Frank? Frank is in good now with the new heads of the of the crime family and Hoffa all the way in prison and since coming back has kind of been pushed to the outs and it's to the point where they they want to get rid of him. They want to take him out. So in this version right. of events in this film, uh, it's Frank that has to kill Jimmy Hoffa. Um, scenes are good. Yeah. I like all this stuff. I like the driving back and forth. I like when Jimmy has to go, Jimmy goes in the house and he realizes it's a setup and he thinks Frank's still on his side. He's like, oh shit, something's going on. We gotta get out of here. And that's when Frank just point blank shoots him, shoots him twice. Um, yeah, that was unexpected, I have to say. I, I kind of could feel it coming because I, because I, like, all Joe, because Joe Pesci's character has been talking to Frank this whole time, like, you know, like, we gotta do it. We gotta do it. I guess those are some repetitive scenes. I didn't think the killing was unexpected. I think the way it happened where it just was all of a sudden. Yeah. Okay. Know, yeah. He's just like, bam, bam. I think, yeah. I the like, the oh, way it happened oh. right then and there, which is what I liked. I liked the way yeah. that scene was shot. and ob- I liked that too. Obviously, it's, we don't know. No one knows what really happened. So he could kind of do it however he wanted to a degree, you know, as long as it was right. realistic. And I thought that was a, a good way to handle it. Um, and then, as, so once he's dead, though, we get, we, this is where we start cutting further and further into the future. A lot, uh, a lot of the people are starting to go to jail, including Frank. Um, a lot of them are go to jail for a long time. Nothing involved with the murder, like of Jimmy Hoffa, no, but just ge- general tax stuff, racketeering, all, all that random crime stuff. Um, right. They get older, people start dying in prison, and eventually, not from getting killed, just dying because they're old and sick. Uh, eventually, uh, Frank is released, and uh, he that's this is where he's in the nursing home, and he's got the Catholic priest there. Um, He's trying to yeah, get his another thing that bugs he's trying me. to get his daughters uh, back, but they, he's alienated. But Peggy doesn't want to forgive him, nor do the other the other ones that he'll spend any time with. Um, so at the end, he mm. is left alone, and we and uh, the, the priest departs, and he's he's like, oh, leave the door open a little bit, and then he leaves the door open a little bit, and that's the end of the movie. We see sad, old, lonely Frank <laughs> in a hospital room. I'm like, oh. Well, a way to alienate your target audience by being like, and eh, now you're old and you're going to die. <laughs> uh, and yeah, if you haven't died already in this movie, you're going to die at the end of the movie. Yeah, so, so this, that's <laughs> Everyone the dies. Irishman, uh, the residents and feel. Mm. Okay, what do, you, what do you got for that? Yeah, I'm not going to take away anything from this movie to think about. I mean, I have to admit that I did look up this character afterwards to see like, what the deal was not and not to see how true to life this was but i had just never heard of this person so mm-hmm. i mean it piqued my interest enough to kind of look look about a little bit i knew i knew roughly about jimmy hoffa but not really i mean i knew he was president of the teamsters you know as a kid i didn't really know about how i mean as an adult now i know how all of these things are related and how you know they were mob run and all of that kind of stuff but um i don't i just I'm not going to take, I don't think I'm going to take anything away from this movie except for the fact that it's over and um, (laughs) 
that I can hope that it's just not done again. I really just feel like this was done before. I mean, this is going to sound like a really weird parallel, but this is like Frozen 2 to me. Hmm. <laughs> it's like, I feel like this was already done. Why are we doing this again? Why is it? Why is it? Frozen 2 was a, was a cash grab. This was an artistic choice and, and one, one made money and one is not, but. Well, I mean. One movie is actually a movie people asked for. No one really asked for this. Um. Well, I know, but that's what I'm saying, though. It's an artistic choice. That's what makes it feel really, uh, it's, it's like a hundred and whatever, $80 million, you know, yeah. I love myself kind of thing. Also, he didn't win me any fans when he started, you know, Scorsese didn't, when he started like, you know, Marvel isn't cinema. Okay, well, let's just make the same movie six times. Is that cinema? I don't think so. Yeah, he, so, he has said many disparity things about superhero movies. Um, yeah, and it's like, you know what? People like what they like, and, and if you don't like it, that's fine. But, you know, guess what? Now I'm doing a podcast about how much I don't like your movie, Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, much larger audience than he does so <laughs> well i kind of figured this is never getting back in a couple of years him, so you might because his audience is uh they're gonna be heading out soon <laughs> see there is no they're gonna audience, be frank yeah. sheeran soon sitting in the sitting in the room <laughs> yeah i know well and i thought i thought it was kind of i mean he was sitting like way over in the corner looking out the door like he's ready for somebody to come in and you know do him in i don't know um, and I, d- I didn't like the, I mean, can we talk a little bit about the priest part? I always feel like, you know, he sticks in this sort of Catholic guilt in every movie. Is that just because he feels guilty about making these movies or I don't I never know. realized there was a common religious theme. I mean, I can think of some stuff in his movies, but I never, I never caught it as a theme. But it's always a really, it's sort of, it's almost a pushed on as an aside, like, or put not as an aside, but like kind of like i gotta squeeze this into into the movie you know like this is important but it's not important enough to make a real theme out of it it's just important enough to be like oh you mm. know oh somebody should feel guilty about I this didn't and see that I as a comment i mean certain movies i can think of his that have stuff in them but it's not one it's not prevalent and if it's there it usually has something to do with the plot as opposed to just guy coming in at the end saying do you, do you need to forgive your sins or whatever the fuck the priest's doing there at the end um <laughs> I, I don't. I guess I don't see it shoehorned in as frequently, or I can't think of examples. But well, I felt like it was in this film for sure. So what's your so. what's your overall number then on that one? I don't know if you. Yeah, it's it's a generous two. A generous two. Uh, I'll give it a just a regular mm-hmm. two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, I gave it a higher resonance and feel. That's crazy. Well, no, a generous two means you want to give it lower. I, I don't want really to give it lower. At, a two minus. I, I, Sure, too much. I don't want to give it lower, and I don't think it deserves <laughs> higher. Um, because yeah, stick, no stick, no, 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 not super stick. Um, I can remember stuff, mm-hmm. but I also saw it two days ago, and it's so long. Of course, you can remember some things. Um, it's bottom half Scorsese, and people are calling this like some people call it his masterpiece. It's got like a ninety-six Rotten Tomatoes, ninety high nineties in the audience score. Of course, the only people in the audience seeing this are you know AARP yes, members, people but who are glutton for punishment. It's uh, oh, sorry, or those people. Yes, I'm thinking <laughs> old people. Um, and well, I mean, you're the oldest person on our podcast. You're not old, old, but like you're the oldest person on our podcast, and you. I am the oldest person. And you yeah, still did not I, care yeah. for it. Of course, you're still probably about ten, ten, at least ten years shy of the the beginning of his demographic uh, these days. But um, yeah, <laughs> Thank you. it's uh, I didn't feel like a waste of time for me, but it was a lot of time. Um, so overall, 
overall but there was time would you recommend the irishman mom okay no i'm not gonna recommend this movie and it's not because it's bad it's because it's long if this were shoved into a two hour or less movie i think i might be able to recommend it because there would be some as long as it wasn't just like adding more things that i didn't like um i think it would be okay um but because it's so long it just yeah it just made me antsy and angry that it was so long yeah so, the length I'm, I'm not recommending the length it. is the killer um i've said already if i if i could cut some stuff out of here i would i would like the story a lot it, again i don't think there's a way you can make this exact movie be great to me i'm sure there's people who love this and clearly it's getting critical acclaim but like it's yeah. it is too long you cannot do this you can't do it it's too the you cannot you, you cannot do this like th- three hours it has to be some sort of big capstone like like you know i know scorsese wouldn't like this comparison but it's gotta be it? it's gotta be like an end game or or it has to be the end of a big series and if it's not the end of a big series and even those should be capped at three it really can't go past two and a half and at that point your movie has to right. be really good like if your movie is not going to be excellent you gotta keep it at like two hours like because this is this could be two hours he's made this movie for in two hours but yeah that's what i'm saying it's so oh it's so long it really it's not that it's it's bad it's it's that sad it's no. long and i i don't i i'm thinking like there's people who are gonna love this movie but i think most people i would recommend to do would not like it and i don't ever want to see it again so no i, I don't think i can quite <laughs> recommend it because it's, it's hard saying that because it's not bad it's just not recommend. It's not no, recommendable. Say that it's not. It's, it's a, not recommendable because it's a film. It's a it's a film, and it's a film by a really famous, you know, beloved, renowned director. But it's okay to say it. Yeah, I yeah, uh, yeah. I never want to see this again. I was f- it was fine watching it, but like I could <laughs> I could never recommend. I don't know. I couldn't recommend this. I would. Just, I can't be like you should yeah. sit. It is worth three and a half hours of your time. It's worth two hours of your time if you could do that somehow. It's not worth three and a half hours of your time. Two right. uh, begrudging not recommends for the Irishman. Yeah. It's too bad because it, it, I, I was in the middle of it. And I was like, it's possible I'll recommend this. It's pretty good. I'm liking it, and that just keeps going. It keeps going, and then it has a little funny thing for. Well, a second, and I kind of fig- and it keeps going. I figured my recommend was I was kind of on I was on I was on the fence because I was thinking okay let's do this podcast and see how it comes out and maybe Brennan's gonna pull something out of it that I'm gonna be like you know what I missed that and you're right and I can change my mind on this but thank you for not doing no that. no I it's that. it's I mean it's good I liked it I think more than you did but I didn't like it enough yeah. to overcome it's just it's just length yeah. it's crazy um we are flexible here on films with the women in your life so just, it's still called films with women in my life that. even though it's my life and <laughs> it's still the title of the show it's a, that's a true that's a true statement let's talk about it for 10 minutes and we can put it in a scorsese yeah, movie. i'll give you 10 minutes i won't give you 15 though i need 12 and we a half gave, we gave him an hour at extra minutes he was an hour late on the end <laughs> um so that's true. So that is The Irishman. We're going to stick on Netflix for one more movie, and that'll be Marriage Story. That should be coming out. If it's not already out when you're hearing this, it should be coming out this week. Can't remember the exact date. Yep. I want to say the 5th or the 6th, something like that. 
I think it's the sixth. Yeah, so that's yeah. Friday. So that would be tomorrow. Um, and yeah. then I think the the rest of December we have some other stuff coming up. Hopefully, uncut gems will be going wide, so we can do that one. Uh, Star Wars, obviously, and the ninth one or the eleventh one, I guess if you yeah. want to call it the thing. Um, oh, and go watch Mandalorian, people. If you have Disney Plus, get get on that. It's, it's worth your time. Yeah, Baby Yoda, totally worth what if it. People hadn't seen it. You spoiled. I'm gonna have to cut that out. Um, it's all over the internet, I guess. Uh, so <laughs> I was gonna say, I don't know anyone who hasn't seen I guess, it. I guess so. if you want to see it, you've, you've seen it. Um, so and then we we got to do our films with women in my life tournament winner. That's Forrest Gump. I'm not. It's not streaming anywhere right now though. So or at least not on the major platform. So I'm gonna have to confer and see what we want to do about that. But uh, if you have anything to recommend okay. to us, once we get to January, February, March, there will be lots of slots open for listener suggestions which we have a running list we already have some on our schedule i will announce those when we get closer to the end of december but if you have anything you want to add to that list anything you want us to review recommend to us in the meantime films with the woman in my life on facebook and i and brennan underscore pod host on instagram that's probably the best place to reach out Uh, not a terribly long review for such a terribly long movie okay thank you for being on the irishman You're welcome. We don't Make we don't longer. need to stretch out this time. Alright, we're already fifteen minutes late. Uh until next time, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a review as it helps more people find the show. Like us on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life. Follow us on Twitter at Films Women Pod check out our website filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com that's filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com original music for the show was created by ian burke original artwork created by nicole delessio this show